This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, before we get the show started, Halloween is on the way, people. And last year, I had a lot of fun and got a lot of responses. Uh, I posted on social media, do you think your bar is haunted? And I used all the stories that I uh, got from anybody that participated to use for Hey Bartender podcast. And I would love to do that again this year. So if you have any stories or you just absolutely know that your bar is haunted, send me an email, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Send me your name, where you work or worked, and what happened to make you think that your bar is haunted because it makes a great show and I love talking about it. Uh, So just remember, I want to hear some haunted stories and email it to me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. But until then, let's get things started. Laura Hope and the Arctones, why don't you roll us in? Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast, the only bar in town where if you wear a mask that has a ball gag on it, it is socially acceptable and funny. I'm your bartender for the evening. My name is Anthony. How's everybody doing tonight? Uh, This is the Wednesday night quick shot episode. Just wanted to check in with you guys, see how everybody's doing. Maybe uh, say something either poignant or incredibly stupid along the way. You never know. Anything can happen on Hey Bartender Podcast. So we got to start off the show. Let's start off the show with the drink special. Uh, this week's drink special, I have no idea what you call it. Um, I was thinking that it was called probably like the Barking Spider or something like that. But I actually learned about this drink a long time ago. Haven't heard about it since. One of my uh, servers, when she'd get off her shift at the end of the day, she would ask for tarantula tequila and orange juice. Now, this is uh, this is the way she would get it because uh, this is this is important in how you serve it. Tarantula tequila, I I guess, uh, is is one of those uh, agave pure agave tequilas. And according to Sammy Hagar, who sells Cabo Wabo, says this when it's pure agave, you don't get a hangover, but you still get the drunken effects. But we're not talking about Sammy Hagar, even though you know, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. But uh, let's let's talk about tarantula tequila here. Now, uh, this is, really has no name. Uh, at least I searched around the internet, couldn't find it. Now, here's how you serve it. You take yourself your uh, either a pounder glass or a bucket, and you put place a shot of tarantula tequila, full shot, in the middle of the glass, and you pour orange juice around it. Don't let it overflow into the shot glass. Uh, in the case of the way she drank it. And then uh, you hand that off to the server and you they throw the whole thing back, the bucket, the shot, and all uh, in one shot. And I suppose you can do it uh, like an Irish car bomb or something like that where you give them a shot glass and an orange juice and a warning not to break their nose on the shot glass when it's on its way down. Uh, but uh, that's the way she always got it. So if anybody knows what that's called, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Because uh, I really don't know. And hey, it goes along with uh, 
the whole Halloween thing of uh, this October. I probably should have saved that drink for Halloween. Oh, well, I'll think of something else. Now, if anybody else has any suggestions for a good Halloween cocktail, email me. Do it at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you guys. Oh, just because I mentioned Eddie Van Halen, I wasn't going to do this originally in for this podcast, but I'm going to mention it anyway. You know, it is the 2020 has been uh, a landmark year for just depressing things happening right and left. And when I got the news of Eddie Van Halen uh, passing away, I was like, ah, crap, 2020 strikes again. And uh, I, I was upset. I was, uh, you know, I was a little depressed to hear about it. And I started thinking back to, uh, you know, one of the first times I heard Van Halen. Now, truthfully, the first single I ever heard from Van Halen was Jump. Everybody knows that song. It gets played constantly on the, well, now classic rock stations. God, I'm old. And, uh, but the classic rock stations uh, used to play Jump all the time. Back in the 80s, you'd hear it on the popular radio because that's that was what was popular at the time. And, uh, but then, uh, you know, a couple of years later, David Lee Roth leaves the band and Sammy Hagar joins the band. But, you know, um, in my worthless opinion, you know, I'm thinking back to the movie Airheads where they said, uh, uh, whose side were you on when Van Halen broke up? Eddie, Eddie or Roth's? And then the guy said, or Eddie or, uh, and then the cop said, Eddie, and then said, he's a cop. And, uh, you know, I laugh about that. It was Airheads, it was a good, stupid movie. Uh, I'll just say that. That's a great way to, to describe it for me. But I, I think about uh, Van Halen, and uh, truthfully, the th- uh, whenever I think of Van Halen, the first song that pops into my head when I think of the uh, think of any of the music that uh, Van Halen did was the intro to "Hot for Teacher." Uh, I'd listen to that, uh, listen to do the intro from the guitar, and think, "My God, he's playing fast." And that, that's so cool. And, and uh, you know, put, you know, the music video, of course, I was uh, uh, knee deep in puberty at the time. And the music video worked for me a lot. If you haven't seen the music video, get on YouTube right now. Go check it out. You'll see what I mean, because back in whatever year that was when that video came out, uh, porn wasn't as easy as it is to get to uh, get to as it is nowadays. So we took whatever we got back then. I mean, having this uh, sports illustrated swimsuit issue used to be a big deal. Uh, but uh, I listened to that riff and I think, God, I want to play like that. But uh, you know, I never got around to it and I still haven't. And I, uh, if I tried to do it right now, I don't think I could because I don't just have the dexterity on my hands to play all those hammer ons and uh, all that stuff. So, but back in high school, instead of, uh, following in Eddie Van Halen's footsteps. Technically, I followed his brother Alex uh, because I I think Alex Van Halen is a great drummer. The, the sound of his drums is uh, massive, and it sounds uh, it always sounds amazing on every Van Halen record. So I followed a lot of the stuff that uh, Alex Van Halen did instead of Eddie because I could play the drums better than I could play guitar. But you know, it's it was. Hard for me to see somebody that uh, I grew up with uh, in, in the music industry and, you know, have respected all my life 
and uh, to watch him go away. And I sat back and I start thinking about, well, you know, uh, I remember seeing in a lot of jukeboxes, you would see like Van Halen 1984 or there was Diver Down or Best of Van Halen. And there, Van Halen was pretty common in most jukeboxes uh, when I used to work. And although it wasn't played a lot, but I, if I had to put a guess right now of which Van Halen song that was played the most when it came to uh, the bar scene was probably Running With The Devil. And uh, that's that's another one where you only need to hear the first note and you automatically know what song it is. And uh, so, yeah, uh, even though he uh, dealt with a few, uh, few demons, uh, drugs, alcoholism, and then cancer and uh, all that stuff. I got heavy respect for Eddie Van Halen. Wish him well. And, uh, you know, ho- hopefully he's one of the people I get to meet when I reach the afterlife, which isn't going to be for a while. Anyway, let's get on with the show. You know, I uh, with all this crap happening in this world right now, I started sitting back thinking, you know, you, you see... Uh, People getting mad at uh, people at the front of the store at Walmart. Uh, you know, so I don't have to wear a mask. You're discriminating against me. Or uh, why aren't you wearing a mask? Or you know, uh, or in starting fights over really dumb shit. Uh, but that's that sort of thing's just that's been going on forever. That just nobody had the ability to record every single damn thing in this world. But I started thinking about this. I mean. Uh, how often do bartenders uh, make the news? Now, servers do on occasion because they're in the front room. They're on the front line, basically. And they, uh, but and in most restaurant situations, they, they deal with the customer actually uh, a little bit more than the bartender, uh, corporate-wise. I mean, you, you sit back and you uh, look around a bar, in say a corporate type type of place uh name brand they've got places all over the united states and you look in the inside the bar what is considered the bar and you hardly see anybody sitting at the bar with the bartender and most of the people are sitting at tables even by themselves and uh, but when you go into the mom and pop owned uh bars most of the people are kind of crowding at the bars. All the regulars are up talking to the bartender, talking to each other. And, you know, just the situation is different. I talk about it all the time. But when it comes to the nightly news, you know, you see footage, CCTV footage or something like that of a customer going completely batshit insane and taking a swing at a server, taking a swing at the uh, the host, hostess, uh, or the manager, uh, the bartender usually isn't ever involved, or at least they never talk about it. Uh, I mean, there are videos out there where uh, the bartender does do, uh, you know, uh, you know, takes a spill behind the bar or uh, whatever. But you know, I think it has to do with that the bartender is protected behind the pine. We've got that barrier. And in order for somebody to get at us, they have to jump this 
well, what is it? What is it about four foot tall table? And that's about a foot and a half wide, maybe bigger. And in order to get to us, and if they do manage to get on top of the bar, at least odds are they're going to face plant right on the floor. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you haven't seen that before, before, you know, uh, try to look up a video or something of it because it's fucking hilarious. You know, watch a customer try to go at a bartender and then they accidentally uh, tip too far over and completely face face plant right on the floor. It's hilarious. But the bartender knows enough. You know, if the customer is uh, acting up, they know stay behind the bar because I've always been taught, or uh, at least back when I went to um, learned how to be a bartender. Uh, if behind the bar, that is private property. If a customer chooses to walk behind that bar, technically in some cases, I'm not saying you should, you can kill them just because that's private property and they should really shouldn't be back there. Public property is out of where the tables are at, but private property is behind the bar. So that's why no customers ever try to walk behind the bar. Well, not ever. There have been a couple that have walked behind the bar and met with extreme consequences. Not behind my bar, though. Uh, they usually got a warning from me. Uh, when I worked for one of the bars uh, uh, back in the day, it was a small bar. And the length of the bar was maybe seven feet, seven, eight feet. And it was easy for somebody just around the corner and walk right back there. One person one uh, made it behind the bar only because my server uh, wasn't where I asked her to be because I wanted a cigarette. Uh, the, and uh, and so I was back in the office smoking a cigarette, and uh, she walked off probably to do uh, side work or something like that. But I told her to keep an eye on the bar. And it was only going to be about three or four minutes, but she was anxious to get out of the uh, get out of there that night. Totally understand. But there's this one freak that decided it would be okay to walk behind my bar and throw his wedding ring away inside uh, inside the trash can. As I see him in the CCTV, I put my cigarette down and I immediately walk out and uh, uh, walk him right in the face. And I said, do not ever walk behind my bar ever again. And he just, I didn't understand what he said. Either that or I just my memory's clouded right now. And... Uh, I guess at that point in time, he decided that he was going to leave his wife. But uh, instead of leaving his wife uh, like he threatened, uh, I guess they had a talk and they made up. And so he tried to walk behind the bar again, but my hand went up right in his face uh, and he managed to stop himself right before I grabbed him by the nose. And uh, I said, don't walk by uh, behind here. What do you want? And he goes, I need to get at the, uh, I need to get at the, garbage can and can i come back there please can i get at the garbage can and i said no and i walked i grabbed the garbage can and i handed it to him i said dig through it you got five seconds and he dove in there inside all of the uh straws uh the rinds from all the garnishments um all the all the cigarette butts all the you know he had to go through a bunch of stuff and I mean, a, a restaurant's garbage can is not some place that you really want to go digging through. 
But he went through it, did find his ring. I didn't think he was going to find it, but he did. And uh, I uh, had had enough with him at that point. And I, I walked out and I said, okay, uh, you guys are cashing out right now. You guys can leave. And they didn't give me any trouble. And funny enough, the year before, they were at my, another bar that I worked at. And they they were they actually gave me trouble because uh, the bar bar owner decided to hold a uh, special event, and in order to be at that special event, you had to buy tickets in order to come into the bar, which I didn't really see the point in, but whatever. And that upset him, and so that it was the first time that I uh, used my famous line uh, where he comes up to me and he says, "Hey, you want to step outside?" I looked at him and I said, no, nah, I don't, I don't need a blowjob right now. And he had no answer for me that completely stopped him. And, but he, uh, he walked out of the bar with the rest of his family and, uh, that they seemed like, I don't know, is somewhere between homeless and religious cult and, uh, you know, somewhere around there. And, uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable having them in the bar because, uh, they were making other people uncomfortable uh, but I was willing to serve them as long as they, uh, played nice with other people don't really care. But when, when I'm watching the news, I never, or hear stories over the weekend. I never hear anything about the bartender. I hear about like at the strip clubs, the server, uh, gets groped. Uh, there's a video online at somewhere of a girl that were a guy, uh, decides to grab her ass on his way past her and she clocks the motherfucker. It's hilarious. Go find it. You know, trust me, it's hilarious. But maybe it's because uh, we have too many weapons behind the bar. I mean, the first weapon that I ever heard of as a bartender that you can use is your muddler. They, uh, it, It's a great mind changer. I mean, whether you pop them on the top of the head, smack them on the top of the hand, uh, rake them across the nose... It, you know, guarantee if you use that thing and connect it properly, they're going to change their mind about their life. Or uh, maybe if you're really into it and your boss isn't going to yell at you about poor costs, maybe you grab a bottle and smack them across the face of the bottle. But then all of a sudden you have a deadly weapon, so you might want to avoid that. But the bartenders do have a certain area of protection, don't you think? Because we've got the bar. And we've got all the space behind the bar. In most bars, it's difficult to get behind that bar. Uh, there's the really nice bars, uh, say, that are formatted like Cheers. You know, I'm sure most of you people who listen to my show have watched Cheers and know what I'm talking about, where they got the island in the middle. And uh, the only thing that Cheers didn't have that I've seen bars that have that island in the middle is... Uh, you lift part of the bar uh, to get or walk underneath to get to the bar area. Now, I see problems with that uh, when I've seen that sort of thing. Like uh, if they open it up, they accidentally let go, it smacks the server in the face, or uh, they stand up too soon and end up pop, uh, popping their head on it. Uh, so maybe that's why they didn't have it on Cheers. But... Uh, you know, generally speaking, most bar areas are tough to walk into just because it's pretty well closed off, but it's not, it's difficult, but not impossible. So you got to be able to protect yourself when you're back there. But bartenders, 
we work late at night and that's when the monsters come out. Uh, I say monsters just because it's getting close to Halloween. The freaks, monsters, freaks, idiots, assholes, dumbasses, uh, Karens. They, that's when they all come out late at night and the bartender is still working. Now, I'm not talking about the corporate joints that close at 10 or 11 o'clock. I'm talking about the good bars, the places that, uh, the dive bars that stay open until 2.30, 3 o'clock, maybe even Las Vegas uh, between, uh, well, it can happen anytime in Las Vegas because when you're in a casino, there are no, no windows, no clocks. You don't know what time it is, so you uh, you can act the fool at uh, 6 o'clock in the morning if you want, or noon, or whatever. So, and, you know, have, can you notice how hard it is it would be to try to get behind a bar in Las Vegas? I, I mean, I'm thinking about it right now, and I've, uh, wa- I've wandered through some bar areas uh, in Las Vegas and seen that it's either closed off because the bar is the first thing that you can stop and get uh, what could be concessions before going into a show. Uh, and so there's a back door to that. So you can't get behind there. Uh, you've got the islands in the middle of the bar. You've got many of those, uh, like one on the northeast and west sides of the of the casino. And you can't just plow your way back there. And I'm sure if you do try to plow your way back there, uh, security will be on you before you even knew what happened to you. And uh, Vegas security, I don't want to deal with them. I, Because... I, uh, I don't. I don't know what they're capable of. I don't know what they're carrying, and odds are they're bigger than me. Other reasons, uh, bartenders. We know how to uh, protect ourselves. Like I said, the bar that is our safety zone. That is our area. For an introverted person like me, it was the perfect distance to keep away from people that I didn't want to be near. Awful distance from to be from pretty girls. But that's a different story altogether. But I, it was perfect because, you know, like I said, somebody tries to reach out and grab you, easily step back. They never can reach you unless they're dumb enough to try to jump the bar. And then in that case, they face plant on the floor. Uh, but uh, we know how to take care of ourselves because when things start acting up in the bar, we're by ourselves. We got to be quick thinkers. Now to... Uh, you know, let's develop a scenario here. Very common. Uh, we've got a guy and his girlfriend and another guy. These two guys decide to shoot pool together. The guy and his girlfriend, the, the girl is sitting there at the buddy bar on the wall looking bored to tears, but she thinks this is date night. Uh, and her boyfriend, all he wants to do is shoot pool. And, uh, cha- and so he's challenging other people around the bar. And so he challenges this one other guy and right in front of his girlfriend, he realizes he's losing. And then all of a sudden there becomes a ruling on, on the shot. He said, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You, you can't hit that ball and go into that ball. You, uh, that's, you can't do that. No, technically you lost because you did this and that and it usual arguments when it comes to pool tables. And, uh, so the smart thing to do, Hey, bartender podcast advice 
is when you start to see something like that happen, you call the police ahead of time. Don't call the emergency line. Don't call 911. Call the non-emergency line and ask for a walkthrough. Most of the time, the cops are more than willing to do that. And it calms them down instantly. Boom. There's no more, I'm going to kick your ass uh, if you make that shot. There's no more, uh, as soon as you get outside, I'm going to jump your ass. Everybody, all of a sudden, reluctantly becomes friends because they see the presence of a cop. At least at the time that I'm thinking of. Nowadays, uh, it's a little scarier, but let's not get into that. But b- being a bartender, you got to know uh, when danger's starting to arise. And another thing that I noticed is uh, it goes along with the same thing is when to know when danger is about to arise. Say in this, say today, somebody comes into your bar and starts making some references to something political. Now, my rule in my bar, when I'm running it, it's my bar. You do not talk about politics. You do not talk about religion. Sex is debatable, but still kind of an iffy subject. And, but nowadays, everybody's talking about politics, 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 politics. And there's going to be one guy that has an opinion that the other person doesn't, the person sitting next to him. Is the bartender allowed to have an opinion? Of course. Everybody is allowed to have an opinion. What's the old saying? Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. But bartenders are also smart enough not to voice their opinion and therefore not get into a fight with the customer about it. The customers, you know, they talk amongst themselves as long as they keep it down to a reasonable level. But if they don't keep it to a reasonable level, the bartender says, door, now. And if they don't follow that, they get 86. And if they don't follow that, cops get called. Because the bartender is traditionally the uh, the person that tries to make sure everybody's having a good time. Everybody gets their drink, everybody uh, being civil, and, you know, just because the bar, you're supposed to have a good time there. You're supposed to be there, make friends. And the bartender is supposed to uh, make sure that you uh, are there to want to make friends. If you're there to want to start a fight, you don't belong in my bar. That's just the way it is. Anyway, that's uh, that's it for the quick shot episode for ten, uh, for Wednesday night. Uh, hopefully, I made a point. Hope, and if I didn't make a point, hopefully, I entertained it a little bit. So, I mean, if I can't talk right, I might as well be entertaining about it. Uh, quick request, people. Um, I want I want to ask a favor. And now, uh, last year for the Halloween episode, I talked about a lot of bars that are haunted. And uh, I would like to offer an opportunity to all of my listeners. Uh, if you have a good haunted, if your bar is haunted or you have a good haunted story about being in a bar, let me know about it before October 31st, because that's a Saturday. And you guys all know I post on Saturday nights, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, in America. Uh, I mentioned America because I just found out recently that I've got a list, a lot of listeners in England, uh, which, um, thank you very much. But, um, I want to hear your haunted bar stories. I want to hear the myths, the legends. Uh, so, and all, you know, any weird stuff that happened that you can't explain that could be considered a ghost story. Uh, because I had a lot of fun with that last year and I want to do it again. 
So if you've got a great haunted bar story of any kind, email me, please do to heybartenderpodcast.com. I'll also be uh, posting that request on the Facebook page. You can follow me at Hey Bartender Podcast. I'll post it on the Instagram page, Hey Bartender Podcast, and probably sneak on to other people's uh, other bartending uh, discussion groups here and there about haunted bars. And because it that was so much fun. And uh, to hear about uh, some people that had strange experiences in the bar and, and insist that an old customer or an old manager uh, still haunt that place. The one story that I got com- that I got comments on constantly was one of the bartenders that told me that she never wore her hair down or wore, wore her hair up in her bar because when she was closing at night, she was by herself. If she wore her hair up, she swore that somebody was breathing on the back of her neck. And that scared the crap out of her. And all of my friends, if uh, you happen to be the person that sent in that story, thank you so much. All of my friends were so creeped out by that. (laughs) And I'm, you know, I'm guessing that some of the female bartenders that I still know, they started wearing their hair down for at least a week or two after hearing that story. So, uh, but email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Share your haunted bar story to me. I'd love to hear them. And they'll get uh, shared on the Halloween episode on October 31st. Anyway, so last call, people. Last call for alcohol. Get the business out of the way. If you want to check out a little bit more about Hey Bartender Podcast, head on over to heybartenderpodcast.com. If you want to try some excellent coffee, and it, um, I can vouch for it right here and now, bartenderzonecoffee.com they've got a large selection of different blends you're sure to find something that you're going to like and a couple other novelties go check them out bartenderzonecoffee.com use code promo code hey bartender at checkout and get 20 percent off your entire order so anyway people uh as usual at the end of every show i just gotta wish you all lots of love lots of sex Lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got here.